You're listening to Biz Quick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. Biz Quick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's show, we have the first of a limited series that we're going to be running every month called Talking Tacos. Now, hopefully your mouth is drooling over that. But what this particular limited series is about is... We are going to be talking real time about Corey launching his new restaurant. We will also have on each episode special guest Matt Karfakis, who is a consultant that's going to be helping Corey a little bit on the restaurant side because Matt has a deep background in um, opening restaurants, just like Corey does. So um, we've got some you know special stuff lined up, and today we are going to just be talking about their background in restaurants, why they picked the restaurant that they did for opening and what their management philosophy is. But before we dig into that, Corey and I are going to be spending a little bit of time talking about the difference between uh, how much easier his launch of Cabo, his restaurant will be versus SB Pace because of how much he's learned over the last 15 months. How much easier it's going to be because of SB Pace? Yeah. I think it's going to uh, it's going to be interesting. I got like I think it's going to be it's going to make some things easier. It's going to make some things more complicated. Really? Why is that? Why do you say well, let's let's hit on that complicated piece? And there's because there's a lot of things that that I know that I need to do that I would probably skip because I don't like I don't need to spend the time doing them that like uh, somebody else opening up a business would because if it's just me opening up one restaurant there's a lot of there's a lot of corners that I can cut because I've done it before but that's not something that somebody who's never opened up a restaurant should do because you don't want to cut those corners and um, as we were talking we uh, had a conversation with Aaron Nash uh, today which that podcast as you hear this will have come out last week um no. no, next week. Sorry, I yes. got that backwards. Yeah, so that's coming out on Tuesday. Um, but he was talking about how after he opened his first store and he was going to open up a second, he said that he wanted to stop and get it done right so that, you know, he could open up 200 instead of two. Yeah, if you're going to open up two, you might as well open up yeah. 2,000. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's where I want to go. So in... Knowing, you know, knowing that I can, I can cut corners, that's going to be the hard part for me is stopping and saying, okay, I'm going to have to walk through this. I'm going to have to write things down. Like I'm going to have to do this properly, which I know I need to do. But again, if I was only going to open up one restaurant, I probably skip a lot of the stuff because I don't need to do that. But that, you know, one restaurant isn't the goal. Mm -hmm. So your goal thinking, thinking long term here your goal is to have a kingdom of restaurants called an empire empire that's what i really wanted to say but i couldn't find the word so 
I know, I know. Your face says it all. Like, pull it together, Julie. Yes. Well, I, I actually, you know, I really appreciated that conversation with Aaron because as he was talking about it, it, it immediately made me think of you and what you're doing with the restaurant. And, um, I, but I, I get what you're saying that knowing where you want to get and what you've learned through starting SB Pace and helping so many entrepreneurs start a business that you now know that there's probably more steps that you should take that if it was just one restaurant, you wouldn't necessarily have to take because you could kind of figure it out as you go and just kind of, you know, muscle your way through some of it. Yeah. And, and I mean, to use a food analogy, which is apt in this Mm -hmm. situation, if you're following a recipe and, and you've, you know, you're an experienced cook or chef or whatever, you don't really need to follow a recipe. You can eyeball measurements. You can kind of run by taste just, mm-hmm. you know, or, or not even taste. I mean, like a good cook can make something without even having to taste it and know that it's going to be good just because you know how flavors and everything reacts and the mm-hmm. science behind everything and all that. But if you want somebody in your restaurant to recreate that, you have to write down like exact measurements, exact times, exact steps, and you know make sure that they can do that. And of course, once they get more experienced at doing it, then they can start you know instead of pulling out the the measuring spoons to figure out what a teaspoon looks like, they can just pour you know pour it in their hand and kind of eyeball it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of where we are. Where I'm like, okay, I've I've done this numerous times. I've helped you know people open businesses, etc. Um, I should be able to do this with my eyes closed, but I'm going to have to, I have to do this the right way to start. So, yeah. Yep. And I've, it's been interesting for me, um, because, you know, it's, as we work on some of the things for Cabo and I'm, you know, asking for your input on something, right? Just our normal, our normal iterative way of working together, I'm like, I need Corey, I need SB Pace Corey to review this for client Corey, right? And so it, be, it can get a little bit, um, you know, kludgy, if you will. But um, I think that it's been, that's been a benefit um, because you are um, a little bit more um, discerning, I guess would be the word I would use in terms of how you want things done for for Cabo. So it's interesting to see your approach as a client versus your approach as the coach or consultant leading somebody through something. And, and that, I mean, even that's like a perfect example because like having to wear two very opposite hats mm-hmm. in this scenario where we do something, you're leading an exercise and there's all like, I'm participating in the exercise mm-hmm. obviously because it's for Cabo. And then you have an output and you say, can you review this for me? And I, I mean, I have a hard time taking the time out to review it because I'm like, I was a part of this. Why do I need to review it? I know what the, <laughs> I know what the answers are. I was there. And and I mean, on more than one occasion, you've, you've been like, have you reviewed it? No, I haven't reviewed it. And you're like, well, I need this because I'm going to use this for X, Y, and Z or whatever. And, yeah. and even though it is helpful for me, it's also, I have to remember that this is also helpful for SB Pace because yes. the idea of this is that we're going to take a lot of this and use it for, um, you know, we can repurpose this for other clients. And I mean, even after a few of the meetings that we've had, um, Matt, who uh, has a, you know, experience in restaurants and, and all of that, a lot of experience and knows restaurateurs around town and all of that, um, he even said after, I think, the first or second meeting, he was like, man, every restaurant needs this before they open because there's so much that you 
it, it's one of those things it's like you know what you want but it's until you say it out loud and put it on paper you like you don't know what it is it's like you know I don't know like the definition of pornography like I'll know it when I see it and it's right. like well no you have to sit down and write that you know define exactly what it is that you want in your business um, and it's interesting to see that output because I mean you've brought it up and we've had some heated discussions about certain things. I wasn't going to bring it up. I know but like I mean <laughs> but you've brought up certain things and not that one topic because we said we'd never talk about it again but <laughs> um, the uh, it, it, you know you ask you like is this really what you're thinking or is this and it's like well I mean yes and no and it's uh, yeah so and then you know and then there's other things that I haven't even thought about so yeah. it's been it's been helpful in that regard because, you know, having that outside perspective, and that's what we tell a lot of our clients is you don't want somebody who's an expert in your industry helping you because they're going to have blinders on to a, a degree in terms of like having that outsider's perspective of, have you thought of this? And you're like, no, I haven't. Yeah. You know? And it's been, it's been hard for me in, in some ways because it's been, it's been enjoyable. And I, you know, I really appreciate that I get to, play some part in the restaurant, but it's difficult because I have to continuously. And I know I told you this when we talked last week, you know, when we were in Montana, I was like, I really need to talk to you about something. And it's that topic that we said we would never talk about again. And I was like, I had to look at myself as, you know, your business partner. I had to look at myself as, you know, an outsider. I had to look at myself from all these different angles to say, would I have this conversation with a different client? Because it was really hard for me to tell you how absolutely crazy I thought your approach was. But I really felt like I would be doing, if it was a regular, if it was a client, if it was, you know, Lisa Hawker or Cheryl or somebody, I, we would have that conversation to be like, what are you doing? But it was harder for me to have that conversation with you because I didn't want, one, I didn't want to have an argument about it, but more importantly... I didn't want, I didn't want you to think that I was, that I didn't believe in what you were doing. I just am so completely aware of not wanting you to put yourself in a bad situation. And so I, you know, I know you're always like, you don't need to worry about me, but I do. Sure. But, and it's funny because after we had that initial conversation and then you called you're like, hey, there's this thing. I already knew. I, like, after the conversation was over, the initial meeting was over, I was like, it's going to be eh, somewhere between 24 and 36 hours before I hear from Julie about this call. Um, and sure enough, it was the next day, pretty much. No, was it later? We, we didn't talk until... So we had that conversation on Thursday, oh, and yeah. I didn't. we didn't talk about oh, it until so it Monday. Right. I really needed to think through it, because I really just didn't want to... I, I didn't want to come off as being bitchy about it, right? Sure. And, and I'm not an expert in that particular industry, but I am an expert in that area. Sure. And, I mean, I think where we landed was shut it. I know what I'm doing, Julie. <laughs> it is exactly where we landed, and then I promised we wouldn't talk about yeah. it again, and then we talked about it one more time, and now we're really done. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't actually talk about it. We talked about talking about it. But, yeah, yeah the uh, <laughs> the... But I appreciate it because, again, it could be one of those things where I'm just going in with this with this attitude of it worked in the past, so it should work in the future. Mm -hmm. I think they call that a cavalier attitude. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, going with this cavalier attitude, and it's it's something that I should uh, should consider, mm -hmm. but 
you know, that's the, a, a whole other conversation. And, and with it, I mean, it, the, there's so many other factors that go into it with timing and where the economy is and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, who knows, I might be hiring robots by that time. So yeah, yeah. please bring on the robots. I know. I know a guy who has a robotic leg. Does that count? Can it make tacos? (laughs) (laughs) We should probably bring Matt in and start the conversation unless there's anything else you want to say before we break. All right. Well, let's take a break and we'll bring Matt in and we are going to get this series talking tacos. Taco talk, talking tacos. Talking tacos. Talking tacos started. All right. See you on the other side. Hey, everyone. If you're like most entrepreneurs out there, time is not something you ever seem to have enough of. We get it. There are a million things that need your attention, both in business and in your personal life. That's why we created Time Bomb. This is a self-paced course designed to help you determine what your time is worth and where you should be spending those precious hours every day. Right now, we have an option to buy the bundle, which also includes products designed to help you become more efficient with your time. It's a $70 deal you're getting for only an additional $30. Head on over to sbpace.com to learn more. Time Bomb. Take control of your calendar. Gain control of your life. All right. Welcome back to the show. We've got Matt Karfakis with us, and we are going to dive right into our limited series, Talking Tacos. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hi, guys. How are you? We're great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excellent. So um, today we're going to dive into a little bit of history for you guys so we can kind of set the table. See what I did there? Um, for every, for all of the future podcasts that we're going to do on this topic. Um, we'll talk about why you picked Cabo as the restaurant that you're opening, and then we'll dig into some um, management philosophy that you guys have. And then we've got three questions that we'll be answering on every single episode that we record for this series, and we'll see how the answers change over the course of time. So with that, Corey... Yes. I know this is your favorite topic. Can you just talk to us about your history with respect to restaurants and why you're so passionate about them? Why is this my favorite topic? I'm well, going to turn this interview back on you. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know. It's one of those things. And I you know, I think Matt can agree with this because when we get into his background and um, you know, he'll talk about it. But it's one of those things that's just in your blood. Like owning a restaurant is something that a lot of people think is fun because they've been to a restaurant. Maybe they hosted like a, uh, some sort of like dinner night with friends or whatever, like, Oh, working a restaurant's fun and it can be, but it also sucks a lot. And it's just one of those things that there's a certain type of person that's drawn to that and excels at that. And it's like, I found that calling when I was in college. Um, I'd always kind of dabbled in food service, even to like when I was, Super young, like 12, 13, 14 years old, I was running the snack bar at the local pool. Of course you were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, when I got into college, that's where I was like, you know what? The rest of this stuff sucks. I'm going to go work in restaurants. And uh, I mean, part of that was need-based because I needed money, but also that's when I, you know, changed my major and, and all of that. Um, and so uh, the thing with restaurants is if you're uh, – there's – it's hard to have a future, like a real future. Like there's not much of a career path, especially if you're in a mom and pop type restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't really have a desire to go into corporate. 
So I managed a place in Blacksburg for about four years, and then um, I was just sick and tired of, of that place. And at that point, I was sick and tired of Blacksburg, but that had a lot to do with my living situation at the time and everything. It was just, it was just I don't know, kind of a dark point in my life. And um, I needed something to get me through the summer, and that's when uh, Cabo Fish Taco was opening their second store, and that was in, in Blacksburg. Um, I knew one of the owners through my fraternity uh, and went in to just get a summer job. And I was like, I just need something. I, I know the owner. I can help out. I know the industry. I know the business. I know the, na- the, the town. Um, I'm just going to work through the summer, and then I'm going to leave town. And then four years later, I'm still in Blacksburg uh, running the place. But that was not um, the... The plan when I had first opened, and the reason that I stuck around is is uh, Gary, who's one of the owners. He uh, convinced me to stick around because he wanted to open up multiple cabos, and he was like, "We're gonna do this." He's like, "I just need the people, and and you're a person that can you know I can count on, and and you know you like it, etc." And so let's do this. And I'm like, "I'm on board." And we went back and forth for four years, and finally just got to the point where I'm like, "Is this happening?" And he said, "Probably not anytime soon." So I said, "See you later." Um, bounced around for a little bit, ended up in Richmond. I was a part of a uh, small little coffee cafe chain here in Richmond for a while. Left that, uh, worked in corporate for a bit, and then I was I was only out of the restaurant industry for probably about three years. I had been in it for 14 at that point, and I, would, I was out for about two or three years, and I started getting that itch, and I was like, I got to go back. Um, but on that point I wanted to be it wanted to be on my terms. So I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do this right. I've got a ton of experience. I've got, you know, knowledge, um, education, everything going my way. And I had a concept and I was working on that. And then that's when, um, Gary came into town and he was like, Hey, I want you to meet this guy, Matt. Um, but you know, he's like, we're, we're talking about a potential Cabo here in Richmond and talk to Matt. And so, you know, Matt was working with Gary and, and a different restaurant group here in town in terms of trying to, uh, bring a Cabo into town. Um, and so, you know, we were talking and then finally Gary was like, you know what, let's cut the, uh, why don't you just do this? Um, and that's so, so Matt and I've been kind of working together since then. Um, you know, Matt's going to get into his background, but Matt uh, also worked at Cabo in, in Blacksburg uh, before he moved to Richmond. And so that's kind of how we got to where we are now. And so, um, you know, with Matt's background and his knowledge and all of that, he's just been helping me and Gary, um, giving us his, you know, opinion, expertise, et cetera, in terms of, um, you know, best practices. Because he knows he knows the, rest, the restaurant industry here in Richmond better than I do. So, um, you know, we're definitely leveraging that, plus his background, but... I'll let him get into that. Interesting. Great. So I will say this um, before we um, hop on over to Matt's history. I I think one of the first things that I learned about you is your um, love and affinity for Cabo Fish Taco, right? I've heard more Cabo Fish Taco stories from you than probably any other kind of stories. Um, so I know that you are deeply passionate about the brand, which is a big help when you're going to open up a restaurant. I am curious. So since you left the restaurant industry and you did, you know, you worked at corporate and you worked in food service when you were in corporate America. Um, so we still, even then you weren't really away from restaurants because you were 
just on the other side of it. Um, and then you did some consulting and now we have SB Pace. What are some of the things that you've learned since you left the restaurant industry that you feel like are going to make you a better restaurant owner? We're going to jump into that now? Um, no, that's, this is still part of your history. Oh, We're going to, you're, okay. I'm not talking about your management philosophy. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, some of the things, so a, a lot of the work that I've done in consulting, so building out the processes, having, building out that strong foundation, understanding, um, the importance of planning, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of the allure for me in restaurants is the chaos. It's mm-hmm. the constantly having to, I mean, you're, you're constantly problem solving. You're thinking on your feet left and right. Cause you never know what's going to happen, whether it's, uh, um, who knows? I've seen so many random, just weird things in restaurants that you would think that you're, I'm just making up stories. Um, but they've all happened. Um, so that's part of what I like about it. But I also, I know now, especially that I'm a lot older that, um, you know, like the, that is always going to be a part of it, but it's also, I mean, just running a restaurant. I enjoyed, I enjoy that part of the business and, being able to do it now where I'm going in with the, the knowledge and, and the intention of not actually working in the restaurant. Of course, I'm going to be pulling shifts and, you know, there's going to be many weekends and many late nights and early mornings and all of that in the restaurant. But the goal is to uh, delegate and get myself out of there. It's mm-hmm. to develop uh, employees, develop managers, build a brand and build a company because this isn't the only Cabo fish taco that I want. It's, you know, this is going to be one of many Cabo fish tacos. The empire. Yes. All right. Great. Thank you, Matt. Sorry to make you wait so long while that long winded answer came, but that was really good. That was some good stuff. So, um, what is your history? So, I grew up in Blacksburg, and uh, one of my first jobs was uh, washing dishes. I was 15, 16 years old um, at a bar in downtown Blacksburg, and I really liked that environment. Um, I liked the fast pace. Uh, I wasn't exactly in love with the business then. It was a paycheck. It was something to do after school. Um, I think my parents liked it because it was keeping me out of trouble, but uh, as we all know, um, Working in restaurants can lead to a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> and just continue working in restaurants. Um, dabbled, dabbled around with uh, college for a little bit. Um, didn't really work out for me at that point. And I fell into this restaurant called the Boston Beanery. And uh, it was also in Blacksburg. And I think at that point, I really fell in love with this business um, because of the atmosphere and the culture that uh, was in this restaurant. Uh, I talked to a lot of those same people that I worked at that restaurant at, um, to this day, um, more than probably my own family or anybody else. Um, some of them have helped me get jobs like when I was in New York. Um, and I think that's when I really realized that, Hey, I was very good at running a line, um, being very loud and, uh, to the point of probably being obnoxious. Um, and then as that went on, um, I applied to go to culinary school and I attended the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. Um, I completed an associates from them in culinary science and that in itself um, was an amazing experience. Worked with a lot of world renowned chefs, um, 
met a lot of great people um, that I still talk to to this day who some are still in the business, some aren't. Uh, after that, I went to New York City and I worked for five or six years in restaurants, anywhere from BLT Steak or a Lily, which is a fine dining Lebanese restaurant, to private clubs such as Norwood Club, um, working 80, 90, 100 hours a week um, because, you know, the, the bar in New York City and the food scene is set super, super high. Um, perfection is always demanded in these places, which it should. Um, New York City is the mecca um, or one of the meccas of food uh, on this side of the world. Uh, I got burnt out after that, went back to Blacksburg. Went home, lived with my dad for a little bit, um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, ran into a friend who was the kitchen manager at Cabo, asked him if I could just come in and wash dishes. I didn't want any responsibility. I didn't want to cook. I didn't want to worry about labor costs. Um, well, a couple of weeks later, I was approached by Gary to uh, start running his kitchen. Um, the current guy was going to culinary school and he needed someone um, to step in. So after that, I worked at Cabo for three years. And I think that's the first time that I was able to really bring everything I've learned um, to the table um, and put everything together. I definitely failed a lot in those three years and I, and I learned a lot. Uh, after that, I worked for Cisco, a broadline distributor here in Richmond for two years and now I'm working for a different one. And throughout that time, when I got to Richmond, I asked Gary um, what he thought of Richmond and I always thought Cabo would do amazing down here. Um, and somehow for me figuring out trying to get him to put a restaurant here and getting him in touch with people. He put me in front of Corey and I started talking to Corey about it. And uh, here we are. I am helping Corey figure out what needs to happen for a Cabo down here. It's funny how you, you talk about how, uh, yeah, I just wanted to wash dishes. I, I don't know how many times I've heard that story. I had the same one where it's like, uh, you know, that summer job. I just wanted a summer job. I was working in the kitchen during the week and I was bartending on the weekends. It was great. Like I couldn't have asked for like a better, better lineup because I love working in the back, but the money's up front. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so, you know, being able to, to pull kitchen shifts during the week and then bartend on the weekends, it was like the best setup for me. And then Gary's like, Hey, why don't you, uh, we're going to need a GM for this place. And I'm like, but I'm leaving town. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving. Um, so Matt, when you went from working in restaurants to starting to work for a broadline distributor, what sort of things, um, you know, new skills or knowledge did you learn there that can benefit you in helping to open up restaurants? Well, I mean, working for a broadline distributor, um, Definitely opened my eyes. I got to see uh, how other people were in their restaurants. I felt like I got, within a two-year period when I was at Cisco, I felt like I got an extra 10 years of experience actually working in restaurants because I got to see how people ran them, how people failed at them, how people succeeded at them, how they ran not only the back but the front, their financials, um, and operations overall. So it was kind of taking it all in at once but without being responsible for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, – I mean, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it um, so far. It's It's been great networking in, in Richmond and uh, being able to see what everybody out here is doing. There's a lot of talented folks here in Richmond. That's for sure. Yeah. So I know that um, 
One of the things that um, you had um, mentioned to Corey after, you know, a couple of our um, working sessions. So, you know, for our listeners who aren't aware, um, we have weekly sessions um, for Cabo, um, just like we do with any um, SB Pace does with any client. In this instance, Corey is the client and um, we meet weekly to work on the foundational piece of the business, right? So there's a lot of things that are because it's a franchise are are already somewhat handled, but he gets to customize everything and to his own liking, right? So we've been working on things. And I know, Matt, that you said that the way that we're approaching opening this particular Cabo is something that every restaurant owner could really benefit from. And I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, because it's always nice to have somebody brag on us and what we do. Sure. I mean... If you look at it from standing outside, it looks pretty simple, right? But from my experience of being in the business and uh, being around so many people that are running their own places, you know, I think it gets lost on, you know, looking at core values or your hiring strategy. Um, I think everyone has it in their head, but it's never written down. And um, I think the process which you guys have been going through and I've been a part of um, – really will help Corey and Cabo out um, and keep his eye on the prize, you know, um, not straying from that. And always it, it's, it's a great foundation for how you want to run um, your business and being in the restaurant business is a people business, you know, yeah. whether it's your employees or the customers. So having all these things sitting in front of you, thinking through them, working through them is definitely something I think every restaurant owner should do because, you know, restaurants go quick. Stuff happens. I mean, it's real time. There's no waiting until Monday to do it. There's there's it all happens in real time. Uh, you know, your customers can't wait. Your employees can't wait. And um those ideals that we've been going over can definitely get lost in the shuffle. Great. Thank you. Um, all right, let's move on to the next question that I have for you gentlemen today. And that's Corey, why Cabo? Well, this is, I kind of had that told you the entire story. This has been a, a, something that's been 16 years in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really like the the restaurant. I like the concept. Um, you know, I'm good friends with the owners. I, um, it, it's it, for me. It was easy to to jump in and learn. Um, you know, and and the I, I think the brand, the culture, like everything, aside from the constant reggae music, really fits who I am. Um, <laughs> That reggae music can drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know the lyrics to every reggae song ever written and ever will be written. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the um, when I was when I was looking to go back get back into the restaurant industry, so I was working on my own concept and then Gary convinced me to franchise a cabo, um, you know, I wasn't as excited at first with um the idea of of doing uh, a like a, a franchise and doing the cabo because i wanted to do my own thing but then after talking with gary um and talking with matt and kind of getting his opinion on everything and uh it just really looking at the whole um 
the whole thing in general, it, it made sense not only financially, but Cabo's still a small company. They've got three corporate stores and one franchise, and they've mm-hmm. never been outside of the Charlotte or Southwest Virginia area. Um, so this is going to be a great opportunity for me to prove out the concept um, and and prove that, you know, for, for Gary... Uh, that it would be, you know, that this is viable outside of that little nucleus of where they started. Um, and it, I still have the opportunity to grow, uh, you know, grow a brand, grow a company. And there, there's, um, you know, from, from that perspective, in terms of the processes and everything that I've learned over the years, it's, it, it's going to be, for me, a great challenge to try and expand a company. And I've got the same ambition that, that Gary did, um, years and years ago, he's kind of the point now where he's he he's content, but he doesn't and he wants to open up restaurants, but he doesn't want to be the one opening restaurants. Sure. So it, for him, he's excited to have me on board because I want to go out there and open up restaurants, and so I can I you know working with him, I can help build out the company and and you know build out the just the brand um, and have a have a a very strong influence over what the company looks like, you know, in one year, 10 years, et cetera. Because, I mean, people have approached him left and right to franchise the business. Um, and like I said, he's got the one that's in the Charlotte area. Um, outside of that, he hasn't found anybody who he really wanted to work with. So I, I, I'm i going to enjoy the challenge. Excellent. So a little bit of a different perspective for, for you, Matt, since you're you know consulting and helping, but why, why Cabo for you? Why did you decide to, to help, you know, Gary and Corey out on this venture? Well, I mean, Cabo is a proven concept um, in several markets. And I know Gary wanted to expand out. And just coming in the Richmond, Richmond is definitely a foodie town. You know, I, before COVID, I would always say that um, Richmond is about to hit their golden age of, uh, of food. Um and then COVID hit, and I still think that that's that that rings true for Richmond. I mean, you got places like Long Oven and Grisette, and you got great taco places like Intergalactic Tacos. I mean, you you got everything here for the most part. Um, and I just think it would would have been the perfect market for Cabo to grow. I mean, it's not a small leap from Blacksburg to Richmond, and there is a huge cult following for Cabo Fish Taco here in Richmond. We have so many Virginia Tech alumni who um, who loved going to Cabo, made a lot of good memories at Cabo. You know, um, I just for me it was just a no brainer to try to help Gary out and bring one here. And uh, Corey just turned out to be the perfect candidate. Not only did he work in a Cabo, he's living in Richmond and he's he's willing to open restaurants, like he said. Um, and I'm going I'm going to cheat in this podcast because I know what's coming up. But um, I'm going to tack on top of that real quick, though. Just uh, God, I just remembered this. Um, but the uh, I've got pictures from like 2007, 2008 of me and one of the employees at the time. We made a road trip to Richmond to take pictures. We sit, we had a meeting with a, a realtor here. We went and looked at a bunch of spaces. We took pictures. We got I have all of those materials still of places that are now existing restaurants. One of them, uh, oddly enough, I was connected to, and I'm not going to jump into that, but um, the I, ha- I have these pictures because that was the idea is that we were going to open up multiple Cabos, and that didn't happen, and it's just kind of frustrating because I'm like, that was 13, 14 years ago. 
I've got these pictures of spaces and I'm just getting around to it. But <laughs> um, just to pe- piggyback on, on what Matt said, I think one of the challenges and what it makes one of the, I think one of the biggest challenges uh, for Cabo in this area that we're going to have. And I think that's one of the things, one of the main drivers that, one of the main reasons why I wanted to do the work that we're doing is that everybody who is in that cult following that Matt talked about, all of the alumni, everybody who's been to a Cabo uh, elsewhere or whatever was a lot younger, probably inebriated and they have like good times (laughs) and back in the day memories and Mm -hmm. all of this of what Cabo is. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you it is not accurate because what they remember is not what they're actually feeling. And so the bar is going to be significantly higher for us um, when we open Cabo here because people are going to expect something that they didn't actually get, but we're going to have to meet those, those, that, those expectations. That's a really good point. It's a really good point. So I have a, you know, I have a comment on that and, you know, the bar being set higher here. And one of the, one of the main things I liked about, uh, Gary in this franchise is it's not, it's not everything is set in stone. Sure. Corey's going to have to keep some things the same, but Gary is very flexible on how you mold Cabo to the, to the market that it's going in. So setting the bar higher for this Cabo is, um, is going to be right on the money. You know, we're going to have to be a little bit more on point for, um, the culinary offerings, specials, um, that sort of stuff. Um, cause you know, the market's fierce here in Richmond. Um, and, Cabo's up against a lot of good talent, you know? Yeah, and and I that's one of the things that I'm really excited to work with Matt about is the his culinary background because I, I've got a culinary background, but I, I hate that anybody who knows that you've worked in a kitchen just automatically calls you a chef. And I'm like, I'm a chef by no means. I am great at, as being a line cook, but I'm not a chef. Um, and having, having Matt on board to, you know, help, like uh, – his background in not only culinary, the culinary world, but in uh, food service um, and, and uh, food distribution, being able to source, find those products, kind of create that that uh, that menu that's going to be unique to Richmond, but still Cabo esque. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Um, we are going to. I'm going to move on to the next question, um, which um, you know, just in a sentence or two. Corey, what is your management philosophy? Work hard. (laughs) That was as succinct as you can get. Work hard. Matt, how about you? What's your management philosophy? I mean, it's it's definitely changed over the years. Um, You know, I mean, it went from being a party manager in Blacksburg before culinary school. And then after culinary school, it was more um, along the lines of the angry screaming chef, which I eventually learned that that's not really getting results anymore. And it's not really accepted and shouldn't be accepted in um, kitchens or restaurants because that comes really toxic really quickly. Um, and I, I think I figured that out at the start of Cabo um, when I started when I started managing at Cabo, and then towards the end, I, I hopefully got a little bit better. But now looking back on that and watching all these other restaurants I've been working with um, the past couple of years here in Richmond, I definitely feel like you know being a little bit more even kiltered um, 
more positive reinforcement um, and a lot more communication is, is would be my management style at this point in time. Okay, great. So we're going to um, jump to these questions now. Um, and we're just going to ping pong back and forth. So on this first one, um, I am going to go to you, Matt, and let's um, succinct two or three sentences for um, each of the answers. So first question for you, Matt, what's one thing that you'll do better than anyone else in the area? Be able to source products from different vendors. Okay. Corey, how about you? What's one thing you'll do better than anyone else in the area? Um, I think just the, the culture and philosophy to running a restaurant is going to be different and better than everybody else. Okay. I, lo- I know you've been working really hard on that. So I, I do love what, that answer. What that answer or <laughs> <laughs> no, you've been working on the culture and, and whatnot. So, okay. Corey, you're first on this next one. What makes you nervous about opening a restaurant? Um, I honestly don't have like much that I'm nervous about. I think the one, like my biggest concern right now is that thing that I said I was cheating about and then started talking about just those expectations. Like I, I don't like, I, I want to please everybody. And I know that I'm, I'm aiming for a target that shouldn't exist. It should, it, not that it should be lower, but they have, they they have these ideas of what Cabo is and it's Mm -hmm. inaccurate in my opinion. My ideas of what Cabo was uh, probably inaccurate to what it actually is or was at the time. Um, so that's that's probably it. It's just kind of overcoming, figuring out a way to to overcome that. Okay. Matt, how about you? What makes you nervous? Oh, man. I mean, the labor market right now makes me nervous for Corey. Um, and just the general sourcing food. I mean, everything's spiking right now and everything's uh, will hopefully come come back down and bounce itself out by the time uh, where it gets ready to open Cabo. Yeah, that's a really good point. Final question. Why will Cabo be a success, Matt? I mean, it's going to be uh, unique. I think Cabo Fish Taco is a niche thing. Um, there are a lot of taco places in Richmond, and some of them do serve fish tacos. Um, but having the majority of the menu fish tacos I think is going to be uh, a big play for Richmond and Corey and Cabo. Great. Okay. And Corey, why will Cabo be a success? Um, well, real quick, I think the menu, just to kind of piggyback on what, what Matt was saying is because we've talked about the different menus and the way that we're going to approach it here and really cater to the Richmond crowd. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think the answer is best. Like if you talk about, they say that, parents who buy baby books are generally better parents than parents who don't buy baby books. And the reason being, it's not because they read the baby book. It's because they cared enough to buy a book on Mm -hmm. how to raise a baby. And I think that's why Cabo is going to be a success is that it's not so much that, I mean, the work that we're doing is important and it's definitely going to be used, but the fact that we care enough to do the work is going to give us that edge and put us above everybody else. I love that answer. I can't wait to see how these three questions, how your answers change over the next several months or maybe don't change, but I feel like they will because we'll know more every time we, we jump on one of these podcasts and record it. So this, our dear listeners was talking tacos 
and this has been um, a thrill. It's been fun to, to learn about what you guys, your history and what you're looking forward to with Cabo. And I can't wait to record the next one four weeks down the, down the road. So Matt, thank you so much for jumping on and um, being such an active participant and um, really, you know, partnering up with Corey on helping him to get this restaurant launched. Um, I know that he appreciates it great, greatly. And um, Corey, thanks for letting us use you launching a restaurant as a really great um, podcast series for um, entrepreneurs who are interested in starting a business. And I don't even know what word I just said, but it was supposed to be entrepreneurs. Well, I'm disappointed right now. <laughs> you don't know why? Why? You didn't ask the guest how they could find out more. Well, the reason I didn't is because... Corey, we've, we've got a website. Corey, how can our how can how can our listeners find out go. more about Cabo Fish Taco? You can go to the website cabofishtaco.com and there's an Instagram page right now cabo.richmond. I guess that's at cabo.richmond. I don't know how Instagram works. Right. I know he's looking at it right. I can I am, I am literally watching him <laughs> read it off the page. All right, because he is not our social media guy, but um, we're getting some posts up there. So definitely go follow Cabo and um, give them a like and you know engage on the page. So thank you, Matt and Corey. Thank you to our listeners. And we're going to put all that information about Cabo in the show notes. And if you want to connect with me and Julie and our consulting business, SB Pace, you can connect with us on social media. We have LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we have a YouTube channel. Uh, and as the consultant, Corey, I still have no idea how any of that stuff works. <laughs> um, and if you need any information, you can reach us on the website, sbpace.com. Do you know how our website works? I run the website, so yes. <laughs> okay, just checking. Out. And um, you can subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform it is that you use to listen to it. We are everywhere. And while you're out there subscribing, you know what would be great? Do you know what it would be, Corey? You know what would be great? Is it to like us and give us a review? That is exactly right. Like us and give us a review. And reach out to us about any topics that you want to hear more about or if there's a guest that's been on that you want us to bring back, let us know and we'll probably bribe them into coming back on. And if you haven't already, go out and buy our book. The link is on our website. It's called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's the number one bestseller on Amazon. There is a digital workbook download. And if you've already purchased it or after you've purchased it, make sure to like it and give us a review. Yes, I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. I almost forgot the last line here. This was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America. We'll see you in four weeks for part two of Talking Tacos. Talking Tacos.